From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, May 10th. Last week, Moab's elected bodies wrote a letter to the National Park Service asking them to implement a temporary timed entry system at Arches National Park. Other parks in our region are trying ticketed systems, too. It's one way to control crowds and prevent the spread of COVID-19. As Stephanie Serrano with our partners at the Mountain West News Bureau reports, entry tickets for some national parks are going fast. If you want to visit Glacier National Park starting Memorial Weekend, you'll need a ticket to drive through the most popular entrance. The tickets are selling very quickly. That's Jenna Kurzman, a spokesperson for Glacier National Park. Tickets for June have already been snatched up, but more may become available. Other national parks from Zion to Rocky Mountain are implementing a similar system. Phil Francis is the chairman for the nonprofit Coalition to Protect America's National Parks. He says it's a good thing to manage visitation for parks across the Mountain West, especially during the pandemic. It's a better chance that people can maintain their social distancing following the CDC guidelines, I think provides for a better visitor experience. Francis advises travelers to plan ahead and be mindful to clean up after themselves because parks are still dealing with a maintenance backlog and may not have adequate staff or resources this year. While some parks saw a dip in visitation in 2020, Francis says he expects more people to get out to parks this year now that the COVID-19 vaccine is available. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Stephanie Serrano. If you've traveled between Moab and Denver on Interstate 70, you might know there's a popular hiking trail just east of Glenwood Springs that's undergone a lot of changes in the last few years. As the Hanging Lake Trail became more and more popular, the city of Glenwood Springs implemented a permit system that capped the number of visitors allowed there each day. And then when the pandemic hit, the number of those permits was reduced to a third of normal. Then came the Grizzly Creek Fire that burned over 32,000 acres in the canyon and shut down the area entirely. Kitty and Kay's Kathleen Shannon and Hallie Zander take us there, documenting the changes before the trail's reopening earlier this spring. On a sunny early summer day, White River National Forest Rangers accompany crews of reporters on one of the first hikes of this season. It's an inside look at changes to the trail and surrounding landscape, which is really green. The Colorado River Riparian Corridor is verdant with the bright yellow-green of new leaves. As we set out on the steep trail, the first change we notice is new signage. Avoid area during high winds. Be alert for falling trees. Do not linger around large burned trees. Flash floods and debris flows may occur anytime. Avoid area during heavy rain. Seek high ground immediately during a flood. Caution was a big theme. The Colorado Department of Transportation's Elise Thatcher explained how the roads will be monitored for the safety of hikers, bikers, and drivers along I-70. Be sure to check the weather. So as most of us know, there is a chance of debris flow coming down uh, post Grizzly Creek fire. This is from the burn scar. Rain and snow melt can cause flash floods, mudslides, and rock falls in burn zones. But right now, there isn't much water towards the bottom of the trail. Actually, we'll see more of it as the snow completely melts. You still have a bunch of ice in here. Um, But it'll flow. 
while the snow is melting and then it'll be dry. I think it's going to be drier earlier this year, though. That's yeah. Liz Roberts, an ecologist with the U.S. Forest Service. While we hike, Roberts points out a small burned area just to the right of the trail. What you'll do is you'll get like these embers that will come and let's start a little bit of bring a little heat and so it'll burn right here and then it'll go out. So you'll see a lot of these patches. And we both noticed the smell of that burned really? landscape. I feel like I just got a little whiff of like well, so, smoke. So here we are. Um, you can kind of see some of these patches that have burned in here and you'll start to smell that fire. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I can, I was like, either they're burning a ditch nearby or we can still smell the fire. Yeah. So you'll, you'll be able to smell a little bit. We'll More than halfway up the trail, we, we come to a bridge that actually has water flowing under it. Not much, but there's ice melting in the creek and the trail crosses a 12 foot patch of snow. Some snow on our hike. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So I did, I do think they had some debris come down in here. This was one of the areas they were talking about. So they did do some clearing in here to open so, it back up. I mean, this is like a raised um, slope area. So do you mean mostly down from above? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this would be kind of your mini debris flow example. Is if water, if rain started coming from that chute. Mm -hmm. And like snow melt. And you uh -huh. can see the burned materials coming down, so you probably had some unstable soil from that. And so then, and again, you're, we're in a really rocky area, so we'll typically see rockfall on a non-fire year, so we'll probably see a little more of it this year. Yeah. As I come around the last bend in the trail and out of the trees, there's the burn scar we were searching for. Looking down the way we came, Oh yeah, no, the trees at the top are, oh, completely barren. Only a few left standing. And then that one... Roberts says this ledge is particularly vulnerable. A good windstorm will likely Wind. knock them over. You know, it's funny, I always imagine all of it coming up and over the rim. But a lot of it will just lay down right where it's at. Oh, um, okay. On the very edge, we'll likely see some come down off of there. And... The top, you can tell that the bark is already peeled off, the burnt bark. You see how it's really light on some of the top part of the yeah. tree there? Uh -huh. um, so some of it may be okay. Like I said, the root system may have survived it. And so you may just see the bark peel off and they develop new bark over time and it'll survive. But some of those conifers look like they probably won't survive. And then we reach the top. Oh, wow. Oh. <gasps> That blue! This is my first time at Hanging Lake. I didn't look at any photos before the hike, so I really oh didn't know what God, to expect. I'm shocked to see the bottom of the lake because the water is so clear. Oh, okay, so it's this just bright, beautiful aquamarine that's completely... After calming down, we climb up the last scramble to Spouting Rock, which is the source of the emerald waters below. We can't believe that Hanging Lake beat the odds and survived this huge fire. And then it's just the contrast between this mossy, yeah, exactly, wet area versus how we can just see the burned trees right there. Yeah. I and mean, I mean, it's just everything's within sight, all of the what survived and what didn't. And you can see it all at once. If you can imagine, like, while that fire was raging, oh, being down here and looking at that contrast. I wonder if you could still feel the heat. 
We would have been surrounded by fire. Yeah. We would have been standing under a waterfall and with three, pretty fire. much 360 mm-hmm. surrounded by fire. If you're wearing a brimmed hat, you might not even notice the damage. The trail feels familiar, the same hanging lake we all know and love. But when you pause, look up, and see the miles of scorched trees, you understand the resilience of this forest. For KDNK News, I'm Hallie Zander. And I'm Kathleen Shannon. That report on a hanging lake trail comes from our partners at KDNK. Permits to hike the trail are available at visitglenwood.com. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, May 10th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.